Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 347, covering Bounty and the Expanse. Hi, friends. We're at the end of another season of Enterprise. Yup. Which means we're at the halfway point. There's there's only two more seasons to go. There's only two more seasons. In my head, I keep thinking it's five for some reason. I know, me too. And it's so and much less than that. Like, the halfway mark, Al. We also, might actually make it. Also, only one more season. Only like 26 more episodes of Brandon Braga as showrunner. Then they, they can his ass and we get someone else's vision. Yeah, we never have to do another Brandon Braga episode again. Unless we start I, reviewing Salem. I... Well, or Cosmos, or... Oh, God, that's right, Cosmos. Uh, there's a couple of shows he's been involved with. but Also, I'm not 100% positive he didn't still contribute scripts in Season 4. Let's not assume we're completely clear of him. Oh, that'll be it's a real just, turd in the punch bowl when we get to that part. It's just he's not the showrunner anymore. There's someone else running the show. But, I mean, for all the stuff he had built up, I, mm-hmm. even if he quit, I don't, like, I don't remember if he left or if he was still on staff or whatever, but it's possible he still had, like, 50 scripts in a drawer. Yeah. That, like, if they were short one week, they might have said, well, we got one of Brandon's here. Here, this should be good. An evil space mummy attacks the ship. Uh Uh-huh. So we'll see. But we're we're nearly there, and we are at the halfway point, which is is cause for celebration, let's be clear. If I had, like, one of those little noisemakers, I'd blow it into the mic right now. But I don't, so. You you can make that noise with your mouth. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh Uh-huh. I threw right. some confetti in the air, too. You couldn't see that part. That was my Rip Taylor uh, impression. I was about to say Rip Torn, and I know they're not the same person, but I always think they're the same person. Right? They're, they're like polar opposites. They're like like a grizzled old guy and a delightful old presumably gay man. Uh-huh. He's got to yeah, like, be gay, right? Like, Rip Torn was the grumpiest man in the world. Yeah. He was so gravelly that they had to hire him to out-gravel Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and then Rip, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Hello. Yeah. Again, I'm. I'm. Uh, he must be gay, right? I mean, it's possible to just talk like that. I guess, like in I an infinite like, universe. In that, in that way that uh, that that Charles Nelson Riley and mm-hmm. um, the other guy who Paul Lind, who uh-huh. is exactly just the same, were so clearly confirmed bachelors. Just you know, I kind of love just like the idea of. Like him being the like him still being around and just like nope confirmed bachelor sweetie, yep just never found the right woman nope someday God hoping yeah I mean I could look it up but and someone will inevitably tell us and I don't mm-hmm. care that much yeah it's it's more fun to speculate mm-hmm. also I'm stalling because <sighs> oh you don't want to tell us about bounty well. I do, in that then I won't have to anymore. I mean, that's true. So let me just tear this Band-Aid off, won't I? All right. The Enterprise meets a Tellarite. Hey, finally! And while it appears they might be making friends with the guy, this does not end up being the case, because of course it doesn't. Literally no one in this quadrant is friendly, except for that one time they were, and the Enterprise guys went and fucked everything up. And so, in keeping with that grand tradition and another one, Archer ends up in jail. No, seriously. The Tellarite is a bounty hunter who intends to bring Archer to the Klingons for his bold prison break from Ruripenthe. You know, that time when Malcolm showed up in a fur coat and they both just sort of walked off. Bold! Credit where it's due, they actually remembered something that happened in a previous episode. 
But on the other hand, that results in Archer being imprisoned again and trying to smugly lecture himself out of the cell of the Tellarite's ship. This is exactly as exciting as you think it is. And some of you apparently think that's quite exciting. Meanwhile, Enterprise is driving around in circles with the parking brake on, unable to rescue the captain because Trip is in charge, and seriously, who thought this was a good idea? T'Pol, it turns out, was infected with some kind of virus on an away mission that jump-started her... Uh, oh no. It pushed her into Ponfar. Well, I'm sure the show will handle that with the levels of dignity and respect that we've come to expect from it. And sure enough, this does indeed result in a sex-crazed T'Pol prowling the corridors of the Enterprise, begging Malcolm to bone her. This actually happened. I didn't make that up. Go to hell, Enterprise. This, ugh. If you uh, follow my Twitter, you're going to see uh, a couple days back me posting that uh, uh, Star Trek is not allowed to do Pond Far episodes anymore. Um, they don't treat them with the dignity that they deserve. See, unfortunately, we don't have the authority to tell what Star Trek tell Star Trek what it's allowed to do. We just have to react to the horrible things they keep giving us. And for all I know, because this was a fake Ponfar brought on by a virus, they could give her another one before the four seasons are up. I mean, let's just launch into this, because honestly, this is both of our bad thing. Oh, it absolutely is. This is gross. Yep, sure is. Like, just, I mean, go in years and then I'll take over. Yeah, well, I just it's just the obvious. The, the never-ending indignities they subject to Paul to reach dizzying new heights. Like... Okay, they've done they've done some stuff before where it's like do you really like the rape episode and yeah. then the the follow up to the rape episode, but this is seriously she's she's like an animal presenting. Oh she's my god, just like growling and snarling and begging to be fucked and, and it's just, just it's not sexy, it's gross. And just bounding through the ship like a trapped gazelle, just drenched in sweat, and it's so like this is everything that i thought voyager did with with 7 you know in yeah. the like back when i did watch like the show i feel like they want i feel like they had that impulse then and jerry ryan made them not i could yeah. totally be off base with that but it feels like she would have said yeah no and well, i hope that's Jer jerry ryan can pick you up and throw you into a dumpster if you cross her so i suppose that's true but i also don't know how much say the actors get into what happens so i could be way off on that i mean like there's got like i can, i can just picture like actor who plays DePaul. i honestly other than back jolene blaylock yeah i have never bothered to learn anyone's name on this show i know jolene blaylock and i know uh uh bacula and then it all starts to go a little hazy yeah. because i skip the credits every week is probably why yep because of that fucking theme song. Like, Bob rolled out Tripp's real name uh, when he was on the... A yeah, weeks and we're back. like, yeah, that that's probably right. For, yeah, he could no. have been totally pranking us, and we'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds like him. Yep. And, of course, Trip Tucker, played by Dennis Rodman, or... <laughs> played sure. by Tuck, Played by Tuck Tripper. Yeah, yep, that sounds sure. right. Checks out. <laughs> yeah. But still, no, it's it. you're right. This is what we expected with Seven of Nine because they think it's sexy and they think they're pandering to the horny teen boys in the audience. And I don't know, maybe they are, but... I d I, this is just gross. It's really yeah. gross and it really made me feel sick just watching the episode. Yeah, it's not fantastic. It's like, the opposite of fantastic. Like, just pit in my stomach, just like, oh. And okay, we, we are proud if you want to call it sjw's go ahead like uh -huh. I, I i hate that you know but yeah okay sure we we give a care about how they treat female characters and if that makes us like mm -hmm. you know radical extremists i will wear that badge with pride i just i want characters to not be 
treated like this. I would like, you know, treat your 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 women with a little bit of dignity, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to see that happen to all the characters, including the women. I mm-hmm. just because Star because Star Trek, particularly this incarnation of Star Trek, has such problems with women. That's why we end up talking uh-huh. about this so much. Yeah, because it's like, real annoying. Yeah, it is, and it's just it's gross, and it's. Uh. My good thing is is. There's there's one, it doesn't make it worth it at all. It does not justify doing this. Mm-hmm. But what happens is uh, they're all on a bunch of shore leave, like separate shore leaves on this planet. And uh, she and Phlox came back up together and they're both infected with this this virus that mm-hmm. ends up triggering her, her pawn far. And honestly, on paper, that sounds okay so far. Like, especially if they hadn't had the two two season history of what they've done to her and they didn't do it the way they did it here. Like, there's a way to tell this that it wouldn't have been gross. But- mm-hmm. The part of it I do like is Phlox. Initially, her advances are to him because they're locked in quarantine together. Yeah. And he is not into it. Not no. just not just because he's not into her, not just because it's unprofessional, not just because doctor patient, but also we find out because Denobulin, I could never say this right, Denobulin? Denobulin, I think. Yeah. Uh, if I said that wrong, I apologize. Don't write in and correct me. It's Phlox's people. Uh, are like naturally the males are more submissive mm-hmm. and he's not into it. He's just like, Whoa, this is uh this makes me super uncomfortable. Please, My please, species please stop. Does not do it like this. We are, we are more subtle and, and not, Oh God, please stop. And I like that. I did like that. He played it well. And it was good mm-hmm. that 75% of the gross grinding we saw her do was him reacting to it in a way that I was reacting to, which is like, yeah. please, please stop. Just put your pants back on. You're really not dignifying yourself right now. But then when she makes it out into the ship, then is gone. That All that's gone. Yep. But up until that point, it was like, okay, they might be doing this in a way where it's a little gross, but it's okay because it's no like one else it's is supposed seeing to be gross. It. Yeah. No one else is seeing it. And Flox is reacting in a way that is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, they did not write Malcolm to like, take off his spacesuit and start kissing on her or whatever. Like, he, yeah, no, which resisted. I completely expected. Like, yeah, as the way they've gets... written him the whole time. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit of time just to explore that bum. She did acknowledge it, though. She did mm-hmm. say, I see the way you look at me. I know that you, you have those thoughts about me. So the, the writers were aware that that history what? was there, but at least at least they didn't pull the ripcord. What? No, what? No. Complete professionalism when do listen, you get off. Listen, I I come from a race of mind readers, but beyond that, you don't need to be an empath to look, Malcolm. To pick the up word on that. the word subtle is not one that I would use to describe you in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah, not not in the least. After we have sex, I can look at guns for a while. Those <laughs> are the things I like. Yep. Also, almost exploding. Uh huh. Look, if we die as 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 a result of this sex, well, so be it. You know, the French call it the little death. Is that romantic? How about if I say some more French words to you? Je m'appelle Malcolm. (laughs) Lieutenant, that is is not sex. That is an orgasm. And I would be very surprised if if any of that came into play during sex with you. Wait, an orgasm isn't sex because when I do one, I'm done. (laughs) When I do one. (laughs) When I do a sex. When I do a sex, I'm done. You've never actually had sex before have you well shut up no that's but not yes. your business what yeah but also taking uh to paul out of uh, uh commission meant that trip was in charge uh-huh of the 
find Archer and rescue him mission. <laughs> well, hell, if we look behind the moon. And, oh boy. It's always in the last place you look. Let's start there. The thing is, we have our vision of Trip. It, it, you know, Matt started this and I've, I've tried to help build on it because it's funny. Mm. But it's barely it, it, removed from reality. Like It also checks close. out like almost that's, that's constantly. That's what I'm saying. Every time we, we set the bar a little further. Okay, it, he needs to be a little more cartoony. How about we make this joke? And then the next week it just happens. And it's like, okay, our version of Trip would be a bad person to leave in charge. But surely the show doesn't actually think the commander, the next in charge in the Starfleet, mm-hmm. like like T'Pol's next in charge technically, but the next Starfleet guy in charge, a full-on commander, yep. can handle himself. Engineers can run the ship. Scotty did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be fine. Uh, and then it happens exactly the way we would expect, which is very badly. He's not a good diplomat. He's not a good strategist. He does not know what he's doing, and he's kind of scared. Like, we didn't see it so much in this one. There was a previous episode where he had to make a bunch of decisions and he was just scared to make decisions that would affect people. I don't want to give nobody the runs. Yeah, right. That's just his deal. And I like it as a character, but <laughs> they need to revise their their chain of command because if the top two guys are out of commission, he should not be the next one. <laughs> just give I don't the know ship, who it should just be. Just give the ship to Hoshi. It'll be yeah, fine. That would be that would be fine. The thing is, she doesn't even want to be in the military. Not really. Like she she'd be competent, but I don't mm-hmm. I I think she probably wouldn't be the best leader. Like I don't think she heads a department. I think she's the only communications officer. There's yeah, like no one crewman. That's it. Yeah. So. So I don't what know. What does that she do the rest of the time when they're not communicating? Just hang out in her chair. I guess so. <laughs> Hoshi is playing. Like... Hoshi is playing Galaga. She hoped we wouldn't notice, but we did. I mean, she's building the universal translator. That probably like half the time she's probably sitting there programming. Mm. And and then the other half, there's someone to actually talk to. No, I'm sure. serious. Like it's it's like she's a you know computer programmer. Like, sure, she's making this app that we will see in other Star Treks. Mm. I mean, they've said it on screen. They've said she's making the Universal Translator. So, I assume that's most of her job. Honestly, that makes sense. She's coding. Uh, what else? I like the Tellerite. That was actually my yeah good yeah. Thing. That's the that's my good thing. Actually, that was your good thing. I'm yeah, sorry. you did your good thing. Don't take yeah, my I good did. thing. I'm, I want many good things. <laughs> I have so few. Yeah. No, I that would have been my good thing as well, but I, I forgot that uh, that I did the Flocks thing. But yeah, no, the Tellerite dude. Now, the old Tellerite, this is the first time we've seen Tellerites since the original series. and Yeah, apparently like, there's been a couple in the background as extras, but we haven't had a speaking one since, like, Journey to Babel. Yeah, I think there might have been one oh, in, the mo- in one of the movies or something. Oh, too. no, no, um, 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 the, the one with Garth of Izar where they're in the... the uh, insane asylum oh fuck that's right yeah yeah, okay that was season three that would have been like the last one but that was a long long time ago but like you know they're one of the they're uh, with the andorians they're one of the founding members of the federation that we don't see that often and so i've been you know waiting for them to show up on enterprise because you know they're probably they should be kind of important yeah this shows about the formation of the federation and there's four races we've seen humans and vulcans now we got andorians so we got these guys still and i i love like the guy shows up he's like what are you doing here like we're on vacation oh on vacation are you vacationing here at my favorite spot eh you think you can vacation here huh well let me tell you it's a beautiful vacation spot <laughs> yeah then he just breaks character and he's like so the best place you want to go is on top you want to go here and here got the night the the waterfalls are just yeah lovely if you want to if you want to go swimming you go here and and if you want to go mountain climbing you go here but don't break your leg because i know about your guy there who breaks his leg every time he climbs a mountain am i right uh, jesus whoa 
boy. This guy. Oh, boy. This guy over here always breaking his leg. And the practical jokes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, no, so, and then, so then they let him on the ship and he kidnaps Archer. I don't like that just because that's always what happens. Just like I said in uh-huh. my summary. Hey, this guy's a friend. Oh, guess what? No, he's not. And I hated that. Yeah, no. It's, it's in my notes, too. It's just like, oh, this guy seems nice. I, oh. Yeah, that's how it always works. And then naturally Archer has to talk, like get under his skin and appeal mm-hmm. to his like better nature and say, hey, you don't want to be doing this, do you, buddy? Oh, L- man. Listen, pal. I was captured by Klingons. They're going to send me to Rurapente, you know. That's a big I, deal, right? Actually, let me let me start over. Have you heard of my dad? Because <clears throat> that's how his speeches always start. Uh, he made some great kick-ass engines, you know? Yeah. The Vulcans ruined it. Hey, you hate Vulcans too, am I right? Uh, I sl- like- yeah, yeah, Mr. Man, I'm trying to get my ship back over here. Despite all that, despite how just like cliche ridden it was, how formulaic it was, like this dude still was pretty likable. I thought. Mm-hmm. No, I, like, his whole—he's trying to get his shit back, and he's trying to be friends with his brother again after he fucked up something. Yeah, and it was pretty like just th- those were plot beats we've seen seven million billion times in every episode of Star Trek ever. But yeah. Whenever you get a particularly good guest star, you can break out of that and yeah. still make it interesting. And he was still pretty good. And I still, Archer was at his, like, peak smugness. Oh, God. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just the character at this point. That's like, not how we do things on Earth, Rimbo. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> yep. Why don't you just squint some more? How about that, Archer? Ah. Yeah. You know, you can see more if you open your eyes. That's what I learned. <laughs> I like at the this. end of I the like episode. voice. At the end of the episode, they are friends, though. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Archer at least, like, I don't always buy how he gets there, but mm-hmm. now he's got a Tellarite friend and an Andorian friend, and I kind of like that we might be slowly moving toward, you know, now Archer the... being the thing they have in common. Yeah. Now, if the three of us can all get together and form some kind of, I don't know, directive. <laughs> that's probably it. Uh-huh. The United Directive of Planets. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. Call it call it lunch. Good enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good work, everyone. Yeah. No, it was super cliche-ridden. Although, I do like that the Klingons are still after Archer. Like, they didn't just let that go. And actually, we'll see that in the next episode as well. Like, yeah. it, this is a big deal. He he escaped from... <laughs> you made a really good joke in the in our little pre-show chat about Rurapente. Oh, God. Uh, what was Being it? the I... alien's graveyard. Yeah, yeah, the alien's graveyard. <laughs> Apparently, because no one ever goes there. <laughs> no one ever visits. No one. God yeah. damn it! No, it's it's it was so easy for them to escape from in the last thirty seconds of that episode. But at least there are repercussions for them doing that, mm-hmm. and I like that. No, we like we flat out said in that episode, like, well, this is never going to come up again. Yeah, well, I guess he'll just interact with Klingons next time he sees them, and everything will be fine again. Yeah, no, but guess no, what? The, they're pissed. Yeah, no, the Klingons are real fucking mad about this. No one escapes Rurapente. Speaking of Klingons, we got um, the dude who played Galron, uh, Robert O'Reilly. Yes! Not as a Klingon, as uh, some kind of furry cat man. He looked, he he had a Klingonish look about him to the point where I thought he might be an elaborate Klingon, but it was different enough that it was something else. See, I, but, just, uh, I just thought that was the natural Galron-ness coming out of him. Like, he didn't have bug that eyes. That guy's Klingon but, as fuck. Yeah. Nobody had, had that, that voice. voice. Yeah. That fucking, woof. Yep. Son of Mook. You yeah. have dishonored your family. Whoa. Experience beige. 
Uh-huh. And no, they did, was... Al. They all experienced it. I'm just going to have to take your word for that as VCR <laughs> games are not really my, my cup of VCR. Well, now, how would you know until you tried? Uh, I, I, there are some things I just know. <laughs> I know I'm never going to like a Stargate show. <laughs> and I'm never going to like a VHS board game. Correct. Well, I don't like VHS, and I don't uh-huh. like board games. I mean, fair, you know. So that's, you know, and I don't like cheesy Star Trek spinoff media. This is the combination that you didn't know you were waiting for, though. <laughs> if, if you just took the bits that I liked from all of those things and combined them, then maybe... This, this is amazing. I and the VHS really enhances my enjoyment. If only I could not have to get up and constantly adjust the tracking every 10 <laughs> seconds and, oh, well, the tape's been eaten now. Hang on, I'll just run my dad's VHS head cleaner. <laughs> Boy, that is a that is a form of media that I do not miss. Oh, my God. And then I'd better be kind and rewind. Well, yeah, or else you get a fine next time you go. Do you? I worked at a couple of video stores, and we didn't do that. We just had some, to rewind them. Some did that. I, I know I had an independent uh, video store yeah. I went to when I was very young that would fine you if you didn't rewind it. Huh. Uh, what else about this dumb episode? Uh, let me have a look at my notes. Oh, the another thing about Trip being not a not a great uh, guy to be in charge. The Tellerite had a decoy that made it look like his warp signature went somewhere else, and oh, Trip yeah. just chased those things the whole time. It's like it's like when you pretend to throw a ball for a dog, and he runs <laughs> after it anyway. <laughs> that was Trip in this episode. Oh my god! Hey, there's the ball. Wait a minute, you didn't throw it. the ball. Oh, yeah, there it is gonna... this time. Hey, wait a minute, it's in your hand. Now you're gonna throw it this time, right? Okay, good. Right? Come on. Hey, it's not there. Yep. Trip, you get a trip cookie. <laughs> oh, Ruh-roh. boy. <laughs> oh, you dumb idiot. God, I love you. <laughs> they actually, and we'll talk about this in the next episode, but they, they kind of take him to what appears to be a more serious direction. Uh-huh. We'll see how long that lasts. I, I honestly, I do know that season three is like one long sequential like serialized thing so Mm -hmm. whatever character choices they're making they should stick with i think yeah we'll see Mm. but i think so uh what what else else? anything oh i like uh you were talking about flocks being uh the sort of like uh meek about his sexuality he's Mm -hmm. the one that finally hangs up the shower curtain in the uh in the quarantine room he's like look we we don't like we gotta be almost naked in here for medical reasons but that doesn't mean we have to look at each other there's also there's a scene that almost pissed me off where like they're doing another sexy rub down scene yeah where they keep showing shots of like to paul's ass and she's rubbing up her leg like her midriff like here's here's a long shot of her of her navel but they also keep cutting back and back to flocks rubbing stuff on his doughy 45 year old man body well, it's it's a lot like watching any porn from the eighties, mm-hmm. where you're you're checking out like the the, the attractive t- in the eighties terms woman, and then you cut to uh, Ron Jeremy's ass crack. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't uh, make it fair, but I will say that. But it takes you out of like. There's no way you're gonna get off to that. No, the lingering shots of his lower belly. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, the people who are into that are probably not into DePaul. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, either way. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, she threw some food. She didn't throw Plomeek soup, which was disappointing, but she did yeah. throw some food. So that was something. Which is weird, because the amount of Plomeek soup that's hanging around this ship, we've seen it like 80,000 times. Well, that's because every culture only has one thing. Yep. 
That's what they have. Mm-hmm. So. Um, oh, also music- bad for the Bajorans that their one thing was those weird pyramid-shaped suckers. Yep, no, briny tacos. Oh, fuck, I forgot about briny tacos. Okay, they have two things. They had a dish and a dessert. Uh-huh. So that's, that's Wait, so what's the, the what's the Vulcan's dessert? Uh, well, they don't believe in dessert because they're, you know. What a sad like... culture. Nah. No Maybe emotions. No di- no dessert. Maybe they're just diabetic. I mean. I guess that's true. You know, I can't have dessert either because, you know, sugar. Yeah. What am I going to have? Something savory for dessert? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dessert steak. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention the music in this. Uh-huh. Like, they were trying to like it. It was so clear to me they were trying to go for like a '60s vibe, like a like an original series vibe. Sure. And I I respect them for trying to break out of the that boring samey music, but it just did not work. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't too far enough, and it was uh, just uh, it it felt like it was trying real hard to get somewhere and not getting there, and it just it bugged me. Yeah. I wish I knew more about music so I could be more specific, but the music was dumb. Music's hard, dude. Like, well, no, I just don't know, you know, melody and tempo, and yeah. like, I know what those things mean, but I don't know how to apply them to talking about this. No, music's one of those things where I'm like, I do not like. You just made a thing, and it baffles me that you made that thing. <laughs> Dancing about architecture. Uh huh. You don't know that expression, do you? No. That's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Somebody will get it. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, not really. All right, you got an alternate title? Uh, that I do have. Where'd I put it? Ah, yes. Uh, Pen and Tellerite. Bullshit. That's pretty good. I went with, you can't spell exploited without T-P-O-L. Stop and think about that. It's true. I, oh, my I God, actually, it is. Like, yeah. Nice job. I, I could write a, a terrible crossword for, like, one of those newspapers that smug people do. <laughs> Uh, you got a quote? Uh, yes. Or no, you have a quote. Oh, so I do, because this is my episode. <laughs> Did we? Oh, Denobian males aren't comfortable discussing such topics. There it was. <laughs> That's a good quote. I would have picked it at my own self. Yes. All right. Pressing forward now, why don't you tell us about the X-Pants? The X-Pants. The X-Pants. They were <laughs> pants, and now they're not. Uh-huh. All right, so this week's episode starts with the genocide of 7 million people by the Zindi as a probe shows up on Earth, doesn't talk to any whales, and then carves a giant dick into Florida. Lousy Zindi vandals. Also, Trip is sad because maybe his sister is dead. She lived there. Ship heads for home because if there's one thing that we won't stand for, it's a sad trip. Well, I won't, anyway. Meanwhile, the Klingons are still mad at Ar- that Archer escaped from their prison for some reason and send their most competent captain, Duras, to find him. I'm sure he'll do fucking great. Enterprise gets attacked by the Sulaban, who take Archer and make him talk to that shadow guy in the fucking tank again. So I guess it's another fucking temporal Cold War episode again. <sighs> Future shadow guy tells Archie to take the Enterprise into Delphic into the Delphic Expanse, and then gifts him with a big pile of metal from the future to prove to everyone that time travel exists because future metal is impossible to fake. New problem. The Vulcans have had missions into the Delphic Expanse before, and they're basically just that movie Wreck, which features the twin terrors of zombies and shaky camera work. So Enterprise gears up to head out, and the Vulcan High Council tell T'Pol that she's to fired and to head back to Vulcan. 
T'Pol tells everyone to eat shit and sticks with Archer and friends. Then they kill Duras and head into the titular expanse just as the episode ends. I read that because we, you know, you're, you're reading from, I, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much here, but you are reading words that you wrote previously. Sure. And I read that as, tells everyone to eat shit and sticks. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's not what you said. I would love to see DePaul tell everyone to eat shit and sticks. Eat shit and sticks. <laughs> well, you know, Vulcans are Vulcans are vegetarians and shit does come from animals, so sure. maybe telling them to eat sticks is somehow offensive. All right, so you guys eat shit and you vegetarians eat sticks. Also, the movie Wreck, did you, did you mean Wreck It Ralph? I did not mean the movie Wreck oh. It Ralph. Okay. <laughs> I am unfamiliar with this reference, but it did look like every shaky camera zombie I mean, movie it's, I've ever seen. You're not wrong. It's every zombie movie that's filmed with a night vision filter on it. Wreck's just the most prominent one. Ah, fair enough. I didn't completely hate this one. No, there was some cool stuff going on in this one. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The opening where 7 million humans get fucking murdered was pretty impressive. There was, I mean, it was very clearly their 9-11 thing. And this uh, was, yeah. we are now oh, too. fuck, I didn't like, even think of that. Yeah. Really? No, it didn't occur to me. Wow. Yeah, it's it's like, I, I mean, it's I two forgot. years. Because the, the season one premiered like a week after 9-11 or 10 days or something sure. ridiculously close like that. So we're almost two years out from that. This is 2003 at some point. Oh, yeah. And like. So now it's safe to write about it. Like, you couldn't write about it when it was happening, because why would you be topical? Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, honestly, I think it's good to get a little perspective before you write something sure. like that. I think this might have still been a little too soon, but uh, ju just because a lot of people were still swept up in that patriotic chest-thumping, Well, you that's going to—that went on for a long, long time. I mean, I got caught up in that, and that's not my style at all. I mean, that's fair. Like, I get it. It's just people hurt. Mm -hmm. something real close that we didn't think could happen and we were all real mad and scared about it and look i don't no one I, on this I, podcast is going to tell me you're tell you you're wrong for what you think about 9-11 i will tell you that right now uh, well you haven't heard my conspiracy theory yet man <laughs> no i just it was it was all just blind rage and feelings and then sure. i calmed down and made sense but mm -hmm. you know the, the thing is what the point is the early part of this episode, I would say, had that vibe in a good way. Like, mm. a disaster has happened, and we keep finding out that it's worse than we thought and worse than that. Like, it starts out where they think it might be a million people, and then it's like three million, and then by the end, it's like seven million. And uh -huh. and the, there's so much confusion. Are there other attacks? What's going on? And, and we don't even know who these people are or what they want. And, mm. I, you know, that part was pretty interesting to me. And we had personal stakes because Trip may have lost his sister. Mm -hmm. Which is the uh, you know Charlotte Tucker the third, <laughs> we we assume. Uh huh. But they call her Trippy with an eye. Uh huh. And a heart. Yeah, two hearts because there's two eyes. How's it going, Trip? I'm your si <laughs> I'm your sister. Hey, sis. Let me show you around the ship. No, it's. Oh my um, god! Do you think they did? They did like. Uh... <laughs> they did like twin uh, shows as kids. They toured well, they... around Florida. Well, they probably, at the very least, like, um, uh, Halloween costumes. It's like uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy and uh -huh. maybe Luke and Leia. Like, you know. The I, peanut I, butter and jelly costume from Gravity Falls. The thing is, I, I, it, it, this is a great, like, I don't want to stop this joke because it's a great joke. But uh -huh. they did say she's much younger. They like, can say that all they want. I don't care. Much, much younger. Flop, the, change this on Memory Alpha. Go. <laughs> And go fix that garbage thing again. 
<laughs> Trip and his twin sister Mabel. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I what I did like was while Trip is the big goofball we've talked about, mm-hmm. also he's now got this serious thing. He's like he's super pissed off. He's super like out for blood more than anyone else. Like they went they went after Florida. I mean, they didn't just go after Florida, they didn't target Florida. They started a Florida, and they cut to, like, Venezuela, I think they said. Mm. They were just aiming for the equator, basically. Yeah, and they took it a chunk of the ocean, too, so fuck yeah. the sea. Yeah. No, they they basically just aimed for the middle of the planet. So mm. some stuff above the equator and some stuff below the equator got hit, but, yep. you know. Um, but he's got a personal stake in this, and we don't know for sure. We haven't seen her body because it's that, it's that post-9-11 or post-any big disaster thing where it's like, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. We haven't found all the bodies yet. We don't know what's going on. We don't I even mean, know how many people are dead yet. We and, got like seven million people to go through. Like, yeah, and th- a lot of it was just vaporized. You may never, and maybe yeah, she'll exactly. turn oh. up someday. Who knows? Ugh. Horrible. But I like, like he got irrationally, just like, you know, that he, way people get. He goes into almost dark trip mode. I like that honestly, and this feeds into my good thing. Mm. This is. This is a long time coming. This is, we always try to point out when something we usually hate does something we don't hate. Like, we tried to find a good thing about Wesley occasionally. I tried to at least find one good thing about Rom or, or like, Harry Kim. And my good thing here is Malcolm. Mm -hmm. There was a good Malcolm scene. He was, he was trying to, like, Trip wasn't dealing with his emotions. He was angry. And then days later and weeks later, he was still angry. And Malcolm, as a friend, not as, like, uh, uh, you know... The, the, gro- uh, the, go- the gross British guy that he lives with. Or just, <clears throat> this, you know, a colleague. Like, this was sure. a friend friend level thing. It wasn't mm. like, as security officer, I need you to have a good head because blah, blah, blah. And like, no, man, as your friend. And he was trying to prod him into dealing with his emotions. Like, you gotta, you gotta process this. You can't, like, you can't have this bloodlust and this blind just anger going into this weird new place. You gotta deal with this. And, and Trip got real angry at him. And it was like, Malcolm was written... Pretty sympathetically in that scene. Mm-hmm. Good job, one in a row. Yeah, nice work. I I genuinely enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So there's that. He's I, still I gross, don't expect. Though. I don't expect to say that again for the next you know fifty episodes. But uh, it happened once. So now, now there. Now that I've made sure that you're all right, I'm going to go look at the Delaney sisters. I hear they wandered over from Voyager. <laughs> the Delaney grandparents, great grandparents, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm gross. There's there's a lot of character stuff in here though, which I like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of T'Pol. Like I I love the idea that it's not that T'Pol is mission critical in the sense that her job is important. Yeah, it, she all these humans are have this rage boner, and yeah. she's like, I am literally the only one who can stop them from genociding whatever's inside this space cloud. I gotta be there. I and, actually I really like the the scene where she's like. She decide she wants to stick around. She goes to Archer and is like, I'm not leaving. It's actually my quote. Oh, well, let's go ahead and hear that now. Just think, in two days, you'll be eating real Vulcan food. Chef's done an adequate job of approximating Vulcan cuisine. Well, you never did care for the way we smell. At least you won't have to put up with that anymore. I've gotten used to it. How about all those emotions we bombard you with every day? grown accustomed to that as well but uh, fucking archer as is his way it's like i oh, don't like this about us i've gotten mm-hmm. used to it no have but you, we still smell 
Have you not been paying attention for the last two years, dude? She has come around on so many things, and she has met you well over halfway on most things. I don't care. I'm sulking. Yeah, apparently so. Also, my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about that. I haven't figured out how that figures into it yet, but, but it I does. Just, my dad. It's just that every time I see those ears, all I can think about is what happened to my dad. Ooh, my you a, dad. You got an ear reference in there, too. Good job. You, mm-hmm. you checked all the boxes. Yep. Yeah. No, but... Really, again, it's not that they need a science officer necessarily. I mean, they do. But Mm -hmm. what they need is a grounded, calm person who can be rational in the face of all this madness and be the one to say, dude, please don't. Please just don't calm down and think for a second. Yeah, like that's the reason she needs to stick around. And I love that. And the Vulcans are having none of it. And she's like, you you don't want things to get worse, do you? Because this will escalate if if I just let this guy go. Mm -hmm. And I like that a lot. No, it's good. Yeah, it was nice. There was, like I said, there was good character stuff. Yeah, there was some good flock stuff too. Where he, he's, they talked about her leaving, and he and she's like, "I assume you'll be leaving too." He's like, "What? No, I love these idiots." Are you kidding me? The chance to save Malcolm from the amount of STDs alone. Like, do you know how many yep. papers I've written in the last two years? Good <laughs> lord! Yeah, they're building a statue of me on Denobula. One time. One time his penis grew tentacles and escaped. <laughs> I had to fix that. And I and, did. And I did. With all these weird animals I keep around. Yeah. Oh going my God. on a very long trip, I got I got cases of new weird animals to fill up the sick bay. Speaking of very long trip. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the fall. <laughs> no, and honestly, I do know this. This isn't really a spoiler i'm aware of the fact that season three is i think almost entirely if not entirely uh one continuous thing like it's mm-hmm. it's a, a serialized story like we wanted like that's for, interesting for actions to have consequences mm. and yeah it's not going to be as good as the ds9 war because how could it possibly be sure but the fact is there's they're laying a lot of groundwork here and you can tell they're setting things up to to send these guys off without any backup without any like there won't be any Vulcans to help them. Even there won't, mm-hmm. they presumably won't run into any Andorians or Romulans or whatever Borg. Sure, like they're going to be in this cloud no one's been to, and they're going to meet different new aliens. That said, they also set up that a lot of Brandon Braga bullshit's going to happen. Yeah. Well, people go crazy in there, and they have weird dreams and turn uh-huh. into their own evil twin or whatever. Uh huh. Great. That also being said, um, they did just do a series about a ship going in a place that uh, all of those races and stuff shouldn't be, and they all seem to manage to show up at some point. I guess that's true, but but that's the groundwork they're laying. They're basically mm-hmm. setting up Voyager because you're you're going away, and we won't be able to call you, and there aren't any other ships to help you, so that's it. But no, I'm cautiously optimistic about this direction. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll share that. I agree with that. Yeah. I didn't think the Suleiman needed to be involved. I think this was an interesting enough story without that. Yeah. Like, why? Why plus, Why also this? Plus, I hate whenever, like, the guys can't be, like, can't just figure something out on their own. You just, you need to, like, well, it's calling fucking up old guy from the again. future. Has, yeah, exactly. Fucking future guy has to show up and be all like, hey, go check this out. you must keep- go over here. You yeah. must go to the Dagobah system. What? what? Why? Just oh. just go to the Dagobah system, okay? Because it's swampy. Mm-hmm. That's go why. live in a swamp for a while. Yeah. But we have an adventure on Cloud City. Yeah. Um, can't imagine why I'm also, thinking about Star Wars so much. I can't imagine why. 
Guys, mm-hmm. I saw The Last Jedi last night. It is and so I am hoping good. to see it later oh, today. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, the the uh, the Suliban give Archer a thing to prove that that this stuff is from the future, which is your bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Archer's tricorder records the pieces of metal of being from the future as having negative years, which is maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, this is 10 years old. This is 50 years old. This is negative 200 years old. Like, what? what? <laughs> Doesn't make a lick of sense. And he now. uses it as proof to like to show the Vulcans that time travel exists. And uh-huh. the obvious thing there is, well, this is clearly broken. Well, they even address that because there's two tricorders. And That's dumb, dude... too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, in science, if you get a reading you don't expect, you... you... If, you know, you try to track it down. You t- Okay, well, let's test the instruments then. Mm-hmm. Maybe the instruments are wrong. So they did that. That's something. I just... Yeah, ne- no, it's... N- it's negative stupid. numbers. It's from the future. Shut up. If it's negative 100 years old, that means it must be from 100 years in the future, right? Yeah, no, that's science. That makes perfect sense. Ugh. I didn't love that the Suliban were involved. I did like that the Klingons were still after Archer, and that had nothing to do with the main plot. It was just like... We don't care about this tragedy on Earth. We want Archer back in our fucking jail. So go yeah. get him. <laughs> no, it's just this this inconvenient thing that happens to that just so happens to be going on at the same time. Yeah, and it work like it works. Like we were talking about this before the episode, and you were talking about how like in generations, just like Lursa and Bador just are there for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. And it's just okay. Yeah, I guess these two things are happening at the same time. This is no, but- just like this makes sense. There's a way to stack things on top of each other. First of all, we have the precedent. We have the, the plot point that happened before. But also, like, my favorite episode of the original series was the Tholian Web, where mm. a bunch of unrelated shit happens, but it all feeds into each other. Like, yeah. they find this ship that's phased out of existence, and then the Tholians show up, and then they think Kirk's dead, and it's all unrelated but kind of related. Yep. It's the same here. Like, they have... It's not the manufactured deadly danger. They set this up a few weeks ago so that the Klingons are still mad. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like yeah. We know what that's about because we were there. We saw it as as recently as last week that was alluded to. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they're still mad. Yeah. They should be. They're Klingons. They're mad about everything always. <laughs> we're just so angry. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> Can I be a Klingon? I'll put the head on. Are we still saying Klingon? I mean, most Klingon food is very similar to whatever he was eating off the bottom of the river. Oh, almost doubt, almost, undoubtedly. Like, uh, you know, gach is probably very similar to what he scrapes off the bottom of his boat. Yeah, exactly. Gach, huh? You ever tried catfish? It's the gach of the sea. I use something like gach to catch catfish. See, that's like bait. And I mean, you just eat that. T- Look, you just smear it on your hand, and then you just shove it in the water. Look, if you're, if you're on the lake all day and you don't catch anything, you just eat the bait. It's fine. Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, I'm mad now. Mad trip. Ooh. Grr. Jetson. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> um, what else? That actually ties it. My good thing is the pretty yeah. kick-ass Klingon fight at the end of the episode. It actually kind of established how fucked up, like, the, the expanses that they're going to. Like, it was a good example of showing and not telling because mm-hmm. they kept saying this is a scary place you're going into this is a scary place you're going to and then the klingons won't go in there that's that's showing like these yep. tough guys are like whoa uh no we're we'll fight you at the edge of this cloud we ain't going in there yeah, Ugh, you, jesus. you guys are nuts jesus christ mm-hmm. that was a good example of like without actually tipping off what's in there yet like yeah showing us a good example of how scary it is to someone else like i like that 
Klingon proverb, Al. Only a fool fights in a burning expanse. I, I just as a cloud. Cloud. It's a cloud. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my bad thing though. This is this is a big yeah. one. This will this will probably take a little while to for us to to sort of hash out. Okay, so seven million people died mm-hmm. in an attack directly on Earth. Yeah. Which we've never heard about in any Star Trek series before. This is the danger of doing a prequel. You can't do big stuff like this without wondering, well, why the fuck has no one ever talked about this before? Like, in DS9, when the changelings infiltrated Earth, they're like, Earth hadn't been invaded for X amount of years. And That's like, true. They made it sound like it was such a big deal. And, okay, V'ger almost got to Earth, and there was the whale probe, but that's it. And... We've never heard of this before. This is a huge event in Earth's history. That And okay, maybe it just never came up, but come on. Really? I mean, on the one hand, like, it, it is both 100 and 200 years in the future. Still. But on the other hand, like, it's also 7 million people. Like, yeah, as Earth far as I can invaded. tell, in Star Trek, that's the that's the biggest, like, yeah. Well, and Earth was invaded a handful of other times because movies don't know how to do stakes other than Earth is in danger. So uh-huh. Earth is always invaded. But the the point is they could have, like, I, and obviously they didn't know yet because this is a, you know, crowbarred in retcon like this show loves to do. Uh-huh. Oh, no, this happened, and the best heroes were there for it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But my, my point is, so either that, either a huge event happened that never gets mentioned again, or the more likely explanation, time travel's just going to undo all of this and it will never have happened. Uh-huh. Because... I mean, that's where the, my money is, just to bring back Trip's sister. And the whole Suliban thing. Like, yeah. the fact that those guys are directly involved, the fact that more people from the future allegedly made this happen, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty clear to me that either either this is a big, gaping, stupid retcon, or it's just all reset-buttoned. Either yeah. way is going to be super unsatisfying and unfulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the stakes of this. We talked about this earlier. Like, we like how big this was. But- yeah. But the stakes have to mean something, and yeah. if there's one thing I've learned from Enterprise, it's that they won't. No. If if Brannon reset button Braga is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. hanging around, then he'll like just it's, say- it's it's year of hell all over again. Yeah. Oh, but what if time travel- Man, shut up. What if time travel didn't for once? How about that? What That's... if no tra- time travel? Yeah. Get back about... in your crate, Brannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just- it It's like- this is such a big deal, but it's such a big deal that either didn't have any future repercussions or is going to be undone, and that bugs mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So. I mean, hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, I'll so. take undone, and then just no one talked about this over time travel yeah. fixing everything. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I am I am genuinely curious to find out, though. Like, don't, don't write in and tell us. I kind of like not knowing. Yeah, it's like I know nice. next season is mostly a serialized thing, and I know the showrunner changes in season four, but that's about all I know mm-hmm. at this point. And I know I have seen the Mirror Universe episodes in season four, and yeah. that that's like it. Like I know nothing. Well, I mean, that's been one of the good things about Enterprise is that like I watch down none. Then of, it I watch us. none of this show, so like I yeah. don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, every now and then it will genuinely surprise us. Like Enterprise, like Enterprise came out at a time where I wasn't even interested in what. Like, I wasn't even interested in someone telling me what Star Trek was up to. I, you know, I've said this before. I stuck I stuck around till about halfway through season two, just like I did with Voyager. And like, mm-hmm. no, this isn't for me. Okay, <laughs> Having fine. seen all of season two, I can understand why you bailed. 
Oh boy. That is, uh-huh. I mean, honestly, and we'll talk about this when we do our like wrap up supplemental thing, but really now that we're at the end of season two, would you say that's the worst season, single season of Star Trek we've done? That was pretty fucking bad, man. Like, like I think we had a run of Voyager that might've been a little worse. Mm-hmm. It, but it's, it, it's between the two though. Like no one, and, like not even like TNG in its first season, which is fucking hot garbage. Yeah, it is. Season three of original Trek, which is hot garbage too, but at least was stupid enough to be funny. Hot garbage that had a handful of good episodes. Like you That's still true. had I was the Tholian web and you still had the Enterprise incident. Like yep. there were a couple of gems in there, but yeah, mostly it was garbage. Mm. You're right. Yeah. But no, I would... Is way the if hell... It's not, if it's not season two, it's that it's that run in Voyager of yeah, there was, fucking terrible episodes. Voyager was a real up and down, because I and I don't remember the specific seasons, but I want to say like season four was terrible, and then season five was actually pretty good, and season yeah. six was something like that, where it went way up and way down and way up and way down. Well, and I will still say this, like, Voyager has characters I like. Yeah, they had more characters that we cared about, so that was something. There's very few characters in the show that I give a shit about, and the ones that I like, most of them don't get to do anything to do. Like, it's this is really... The the Archer to Paul and sometimes Trip show. And the thing is, even the characters I like don't have that much depth. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we love to goof around about Trip, but really, this is the first time I knew he had any living family. Well, that's the thing. Like, I like Trip because I basically invented him. But there's nothing, like, really, what do you know about him? Exactly. Nothing. Like, now we know he had a sister, but prior to that, two full years, we don't really, like... Likes catfish, was pregnant once. Yeah, and it's like I said before, the show is so wildly inconsistent with this characterization that we don't know how he's going to react from one week to the next. So between that and, and, you know, not knowing anything about his backstory, like, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, he's a guy we like to see in the present, but we don't know anything about him. It's just, and that's how it is with just about everything. Yeah. Flox might be the only character I could kind of, like, I know what's going on in his life. That you like and know enough about to like. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, there's a couple of characters who just have some charm. Yeah. Like, Hoshi's, you know, pretty cute and charming, but Mm -hmm. I still don't know anything about her. Same with Yeah. I just, I still can't believe how unlikable Archer is. Like, how unlikable he continues to be. Yeah, two years into your Star Trek show. Like, they had fixed Picard by this point or close to it. Yeah. Also, they had seven years. The show's already halfway done. I mean, they didn't know they were already halfway done, but still. Yeah. Like, like, and if they're playing a long game, I've heard this theory before. They're playing a long game where he's supposed to be unlikable, and then he gets likable. First of all, that's a shitty way to run a show. Let's make it unwatchable, and then it gets better. Yeah, seriously. But second, I don't, I don't give these writers that much credit. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're good enough to think that far ahead. Well, I mean, it was a Star Trek show. I'm sure they thought they had seven years. Yeah, probably. Just because every other trick show has up till this point. Yeah, that's true. Oh, mm. uh, well. I, I am, but I am not full on optimistic, but uh, things might be interesting. The thing is, we're stuck with the same story for a while. I do know that. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's good. Cause it's, it cause better if be it fucking isn't, good. Like... If it isn't, then we're stuck with the same thing week after week for, you know, mm-hmm. months and months. So. There's that. All right. Well, fingers crossed, I guess, going in. I guess. Bums crossed. Uh-huh. Anything else? Let me ask you this, because when did the Zindi first show up? Here? It, it is here, because they talk about them like we've heard about them before. And I'm like... Do they? Yeah, they do. Like, no one is ever like, well, this is the Zindi. This is what their deal is. Yeah, but we don't know what their deal is. They're supposed to be mysterious, I think. All right. All right. I think I for I some be... reason it sounded like like we had supposed to have heard of them before, and then I was just and, and then I, I got confused. 
I I could be wrong because if they men- if they mentioned it, it was like one or two lines of dialogue. They did not mm. spend a lot of time talking about it, and it's possible I missed something. But I don't think they did. I think this is their first appearance because I I have seen a few spoilers here and there about specifically about them. I know what their deal is, and we have not seen them before. Okay, all right. They, Good to know. The thing is, as a as a Star Trek guy, as a guy who's poked around the, the memory alpha and probably memory beta and and uh, read a couple of novels. Books. Yeah, like, if nothing else, the back covers of novels you might be interested in. You've definitely seen the name before because they're sure. important. They're important to Enterprise. So Yeah, maybe that's it. You've probably seen the name because it comes up because they're one of Enterprise's big villains. Mm-hmm. Also, props to Enterprise for creating a new villain. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't seen them yet. We don't know if they're any good yet. But, hey, we're not we're not with the Borg anymore. I mean, that's true. Dumb old Suliban much. Like, we're, we're, we're going in a new direction. So, good. Mm-hmm. We said they needed to do that. Either either revive some old original series thing we haven't seen much of or create something new, and they did that. So yeah. good. All right. All right. Nice job. Else? Yeah. Any other things? I think that's it. Uh, one other quick thing. Um, T'Pol mentioned that uh, when she left Enterprise, when she was still thinking about leaving, she would go back to the Ministry of Information. R- really? That double plus sucks. <laughs> all right. That's all. Uh, what's your alternate title? Uh, oh, well, as the holidays approach, I went with, uh, Zindi having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> I also went with a, uh, Christmas related pun as it happens. Oh, good. I went with Zindi Lou who? <laughs> Just cause I don't know who the Zindi are. Uh, we have fun around here at the Post Atomic Horror. But we learn things too. We do learn things. And if they told us who the Zindi were, we didn't learn that cause we weren't paying attention. No. We're a we great learn, review we, show. We learn some things, but not a lot. My favorite thing about the show is when people write in and say, you know, someone said that out loud, and both of you missed it. Mm, well. Yeah. We, we kind of suck like that sometimes. I started drinking heavily when I watch Enterprise for some reason, so. And I'm usually too busy making a joke about the last thing someone said in my notes to, to hear the next thing sometimes. <laughs> it's like if you were, like, riffing something MST style. You know, the first time before you'd seen mm-hmm. the movie and got the pacing. Sometimes you're going to talk over other things. Yep. Uh, uh, you played your quote, so I guess that's yep. it. So that's it. Uh, two more Wrap seasons of Enterprise and we're done with this garbage heap. Yep. And then Discovery. And then Disco. Yay. Speaking of Disco, you can still get our Post-A-To shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to postatomicor.com, which is our website where you can get episodes and, and there's some extra stuff we wrote a while back. We've, we stopped doing that a while ago, but there is some supplemental material from a while back. Yeah. And the link glued to the top of the page is uh, shirts. You can get mm-hmm. logo shirts either splashed across your chest or, or up in the corner like a pocket, or you can get these new Disco uh, uh, po- disco inspired Post-A-To shirts. Yes. If you've seen Discovery, you know what the deal is. If not, yeah. don't worry about it. It's not for you. Yeah. Um, this is all for the season. Uh, next week, we are going to do our fun uh, crossover with English and Irish Gav, where we talk mm-hmm. about not Star Trek things. That is a lot of fun. We lined up some some pretty goofy shit to look at. But <laughs> Yeah, week, we did. The week after that, we will be answering your mail mm-hmm. uh, in, in our regular Between Seasons supplemental. So if you want to write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail. Uh, get us that stuff by... Uh, I don't know, before Christmas, I would say for sure. Definitely. We're going to be recording it early, so don't assume you can figure out, like, because a lot of people kind of try to guess when we're recording. Yeah. And it's like, I'll get this to you in time. No, no, because Matt's going to be traveling. we got to record early. So, yeah, by Christmas, definitely before Christmas so that we can get that, you know, yeah. in the can. I would say by December 22nd. 
That yeah, I would go by t- December twenty second. Yes. Yeah, that's probably when we're going to be recording it. Yeah. So, uh, just just make sure you get that to us. Uh, if you if you want to write to us, if you want to you know tell us, don't don't write in with like par- ten paragraphs of correction, please. If if you got a funny snarky thing to point out where we fucked up, that's fine. But make it quick. Just give us a paragraph or two. Like no, two paragraphs is too much. Give us a paragraph. Yeah. I just, I, I, going back to some of the old supplementals, a lot of it is me reading and reading and reading and reading. And like, I'd rather get, get to the point and mm. start answering. You yeah. Know? So there's that. Uh, so yeah, write to us, post on core at Gmail. We do love to hear from you. Uh, and we will be back with our uh, crossover special next week. Yep. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.